This episode of the Link Up Podcast is brought to you by Moody & Co. CBD is everywhere these days, from supplement and nutrition stores to gas station displays. With so many options, how can anyone make sense of what to buy, how to properly dose, or trust in the quality and purity of the products? Luckily, our friends at Moody & Co. have all your bases covered. Moody & Co.'s products started their life, hand-grown, and cultivated following strict organic growing practices in the fertile soil of the West Tennessee Delta. Each hemp plant was hand-planted on their family-operated farm, fed only high-quality organic nutrients, and finished their life free of any toxic pesticides and sprays. Moody & Co.'s world-class extraction and manufacturing partners are FDA-grade and CGMP compliant, so you can be sure each and every product is of the highest quality. What about potency and purity? Each of Moody & Co.'s products is third-party, lab-tested before and after the manufacturing process, and the tests are available for you right on their website. Their website is www.moodyand.co. I'll spell that for you. That's www.moodyand.co. How about that for transparency? Dosing instructions are on each bottle and their tinctures feature graduated droppers so you can be sure you are taking exactly what you need. With all the uncertainty about what goes into the products that go into you, you can rest easy with Moody & Co. CBD. Available at www.moodyand.co or on the shelf in Memphis and Oxford, Mississippi locations of Nail Bar & Co. Once again, I'll spell that website for you. It's www.moodyand.co. And now to our episode. So what you just said was, was a mind blow to me. You said everybody else has made money off of me working except for me. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> that's true. That is true. That's that. That was mind blowing to that to that guy with disabilities mm-hmm. on the We Talk podcast. He was like, "Oh my gosh!" And he's been to do research about the Special Olympics because none of us are allowed to get paid. We're not allowed to have jobs. We're not allowed to have businesses. We're not allowed to be anything in the Special Olympics. You are nothing. You will be nothing. And I, all of my life, I fought for what is right. You know, I'm a swimmer. You see all these mm-hmm. posters and stuff behind me, medals and awards that I've won in my name. And uh, I even have a bus stop in my name. Shout out to Trinity Metro bus services here in Dallas, Fort Worth, because they know that I am putting in the work. Shout out to Girls Inc. Girls Inc. is an organization that supports women's rights to be able to express themselves and make money, right? Because in this society, it's about empowering people by the dollar. And if I can change my life by having a dollar in my wallet, okay, and money in my pocket, that's life changing for many people. And that is why I don't do the Special Olympics anymore, because it doesn't change my life financially. Does it change my mm. life in other ways? Yeah, I get exposure. I'm on TV. So there are some good things about it. 
But you also have to talk about the crux of the issue. And that issue is how much money do athletes make? And we make zero dollars. A lot of my medals and awards I sold during the pandemic. Mm. You know, how did I find find a way to do that? It's tough situations. It's tough things that we are all called to do. And no, I don't want to sell awards, but I lost my mother last year. I dealt with that. I lost my sister. So the Special Olympics was like guys over here because I was losing people in my life. And I felt like having medals and awards from a program that doesn't benefit me financially, I'm going to go sell the stuff and get the money off of it. This is America. It's not illegal to sell things, to make money, to provide for yourself. And things are emphasizing the word legal, selling legal merchandise. That is not wrong. And uh, especially if the money is being made off of you, the person, and me, the person I've been featured on ESPN, flyers, books, stuff like this. My face was used in imagery like this, where these flyers went out to, you know, 50,000 athletes and people and personnel in the Special Olympics. Well, I got nothing. They got hundreds of millions of dollars off of these disabled people, not just me. I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for all of the athletes. They can't speak, walk, talk. They're being used as modern day slaves. That's what I told that dude on that podcast. I said, we're all slaves, not just me. Everybody who is in the Special Olympics, if you're not on a payroll, you're a slave. I was called three-fifths of a person. Look up what three-fifths of a person is. That's not even a third. That's not even half of a person. 50-50 is half of a being. I'm three-fifths of a person in my state. Google Special Olympics Texas Confederate flag. If you think I'm lying, that's going to hit you in your face. Compile because I show you what you can Google on the computer. And it's shocking because I live in a state where I am not of value to people. I'm going to say that one more time. I live in a state where my life is not of value to people in the Special Olympics. My, My life is of value to people in society, but not the Special Olympics. Your work is not of value to them. Your skin color is not of value to them. The only thing that is of value to the Special Olympics is your talent. And that's what they told me. We like your talent, but we don't like you as a black person. And I was told that by an athlete, she did not like me because of my skin color. I can't walk away and go change my skin color or bleach my skin. That process cost $89,000 to bleach, like to turn your skin a different color. It costs $89,000 to do that. You can do that, but there are horrible consequences for doing that. And it's like when you live in a state like this, no wonder black folks and people are trying to brighten their skin because we're not accepted. And until we are accepted in society, black people and minorities and including poor white people, you shouldn't have to act a certain way to be accepted look a certain way to be accepted. That's why all these laws called the Crown Act and all of these things are passed in our state because people are being excluded because your hair is in braids or because you're black, but your hair is like this. We don't want to hire you. I actually had a woman tell me I couldn't come on her show because of the way I look and the way I dress. Goodbye. I'm on a podcast and you're telling me because I wear a hat or the way I dress, you won't let me on your show. So what I try to do is inform people, yes, I dress the way that I do because for my safety, I'm a woman. This is Dallas-Fort Worth. I've dealt with homelessness. I've dealt with sleeping from place to place. My story ended up on NBC5 News, Dallas-Fort Worth. 
And my credit goes out to the YMCA because seriously, that's how I found my way to swimming. The YMCA brother taught me the valuable lessons that I needed to know as a swimmer. They told me as a black person, I can achieve anything that I've ever wanted to do in my life. And I continue to do that. I continue to tell society that I'm going to be an integral part of society by giving to society. That means working in the workplace, having a career, not a job. There's a difference. I want a career. And in the Special Olympics, you're not allowed to have a career. You can do a grocery store. You can do meager jobs. That's what they call them, meager jobs. Folks, you're never going to be rich working at a grocery store. You're going to be rich by following the laws of this country and monetizing your image. That, that's what I was taught to do. And that's what I'm going to do. I get on that plane and go to New York in November. Because I'm never going to be stopped from telling my story. What's your thoughts and what's y'all's thoughts? Because nobody should have to go through the things that I go through and be on LinkedIn on all of the social media. I have told my story. I posted a video on TikTok and it got over 500 views. One video, just posting it because I need people to hear my story due to the fact that I'm not monetized on social media. I don't get paid for any of the photographs I do. It's like, no, guys, this is a lot of work to not get paid for it. You can't keep doing things for free and you have bills to pay. What's y'all's thoughts about this? And have y'all researched, you know, the Special Olympics? Because it's different from the Paralympics, the real Olympics. I call Special Olympics the fake Olympics. Why? Because they tell us dreams of grandeur, but it's not true. I have receipts backing up. I had to pay for food hotels, transportation, everything out of my pocket. And I told the IRS under Chapter 7 bankruptcy to file against the Special Olympics because they're an adversary. What does that mean? That means that they could be held legally responsible if my case got in front of a judge. That is why I filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy to create a buffer between me and the Special Olympics because if they ever tried to sue me, you're going to have to explain to a judge why y'all took my image under a law called misrepresentation of use of image. Look up that law. It's a legal law. Misrepresentation of use of image. What does that mean? That means that they have told the general public. So y'all are the public, right? Mm -hmm. And they tell y'all that the money is going to help us intricately, meaning that they are helping us with everything related to the Special Olympics. This is not true. We are forced to have fundraising kits. Look up that fundraising kits. We are forced to raise money to go to world and national games. Why are we forced to raise anything when y'all CEOs are getting six figures, but we live in poverty? Some of us live off of $780 a month. Do you understand how like $780 would be equivalent to living in the 1800s? I'm going to say that one more time. $700 a month is equivalent to living in the 1800s. So if I lived in the 1800s, you bet you I could be balling on $700 a month. But you cannot mathematically live like that in America. And the things that Special Olympics caused in my life, they caused the Great Depression for me. I had suicidal thoughts of, of taking my life because I felt like nobody cared about me. You know, I've even had people in my own family, you know, to tell me to leave them alone. You got it. I will not call anybody in my family no more because I'm tired of being hurt by people that I thought, you know, cared about me. Are there some people in my family that love me? Yes. 
But the ones that told me to leave them alone, I'll leave them alone. You know, and because I know that God put me on this earth for a purpose, and that is to tell my story to the masses. And based on that, I know that great wealth is coming to me. I know that because public speaking pays very well. And I have 25 years of public speaking experience. So if people want to hire me in that endeavor or in that area, I'm more than ready to rock and roll and start public speaking at events. The pandemic's over. It's time to get make money. It's time to get paid because I don't have parents that's going to pick me up when I fall down. When we fall down, pick me up. You understand? That's not going to happen for me. My parents are deceased. So the Special Olympics has a cocoon that you don't have to do anything, right, because you're disabled. You don't have to work because someone's going to take care of you. And when I came into society thinking like that, I had no place to stay because the world told me that, no, we're not going to take care of you, that you have to provide for yourself. So I had to go to a psychologist, seriously, because I was institutionalized in the Special Olympics. So I had to get rid of all that and go seek psychology so I could change the way I think and start telling America, I want a job. I want to work as a public speaker. I don't want to move furniture. I, I don't want to do dangerous jobs because I've done really dangerous jobs in my life, too, as a female. I don't want to move furniture or have to do demolition stuff where you dig ditches and then they run the cables. I don't want to do that. What woman wants to move furniture, guys? Like, I'm a woman. I'm not a man. I'm out here doing male's jobs because in Texas, they don't pay well here. So men's jobs they pay better than women's jobs. So I just I just tell the jobs I'm a dude because I want money. I just tell people on paper, just put me down as a man because I want to get paid. Does that make sense? <laughs> I want money. I want equal money like men. What's y'all's thoughts? So can <clears throat> excuse me. So can you give us kind of a backstory, like how you got started in swimming and what is your disability? Yes. So we can kind of get Absolutely. a better understanding. Absolutely. I um got involved in swimming at the YMCA. Through my grandmother actually uh, gave permission to do that, signed off on paperwork, and she took me to a day camp for the first time. I tell you what, jumped in that cold water, kid screaming. Boy, that was the best uh, and sometimes scariest time, the first time jumping in. But shout out to the YMCA and those people, you know, who have introduced me to swimming and my grandmother who just made it happen for me and was always my cheerleader. My visual impairment that I also deal with is called astigmatism estropia. Astigmatism estropia. Astigmatism just means that your eyes shake slightly. And then astigmatism just means that the muscles in your eye, they don't operate like they should. So when your eye is held in the socket, that muscle that pulls your eye back, sometimes it uh, wants to stay tense or mm. sometimes it doesn't want to move at all. So these are things that, that I deal with all of my life. and. A lot of people told me that I would never, ever overcome my disability. I also had a speech impediment, right? I couldn't mm. speak very good. So I always got picked on for that. But to this day, I, hey, I speak really well now. And I'm going to get paid for that because it took a lot, of, uh, a lot of work, a lot of classes and Toastmasters to get me to where I need to be today. Public speaking is my way out. My disability will never, ever hold me back as long as I know that people in society are willing and able to hire people with disabilities. I'm going to say that one more time. Folks that are able to hire, train, and work with people with disabilities, we want jobs too. 
We want to work too. So give us well-paying jobs too. That's my thoughts because people with disabilities, we don't get certain opportunities to go to college and all these other things that able people get to do. Does that make sense? The things that I've had to overcome, including being an African-American in Texas, I have to overcome that every day. So I feel like I got three disabilities, being a female, being black, and being visually impaired. I do, I feel like I deal with three disabilities because all of these things I cannot change. I can't change my disability. I can't change my skin color. And I can't change being a female. I don't care what people do to their bodies. I don't care about anything. You can't physically change, you understand, being a woman. You know, maybe you can, but good luck with all that. You know, <laughs> you, you know, these are things that I've told in my life that if I can just work on emulating masculinity, that's what I do because I want to be accepted in society and learning from a man, which I live with a dude, obviously, but I take from him the masculine parts because I want to learn and I want to make money and men up here are taught how to get it. They're taught go get it versus women sometimes are taught to wait and waiting in this day and age that can cause you to, to fail. A lot of times when it comes to certain things, when you're trying to make money, you have to go out there and go get it. No one's going to hand you money. That's what I mean. Does that make sense? Well, I think as a man, you aren't inherently given like a, like a, a pass. So like you have to earn you're your not. value and it's not Why saying that, that? I don't know. I think I guess it's biological. It has to be because I mean, most men do stuff. Like most men do stuff to get women or some type of possession or something. They're always trying to produce something, like to create value. I mean, I like the 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 way men think because men are willing to also do some of the most dangerous jobs to keep money in their pocket. A dude said, "I am not a man." This came from a dude. He said, I don't feel like a man if I can't provide for myself. Yeah. And I said, pow, that's me. I don't feel like a person. I, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because I was called three-fifths of a person. I need to feel like a whole person. So now I need to start providing for myself. So now I close the gap of poverty. Now I can start making something of myself. And I said, as a female, if all women thought like men when it came to certain things, not everything, when it comes to certain things, I think that they would be five times ahead of, of financially of where they want to be as women. And I just think the way men think for, for whatever reason, because of fight or flight, because they have to, because they don't get a pass, men are willing to risk it all to make sure that they achieve. And that's how I started thinking. I actually told a company, I said, I am willing to die for a job because I am tired of living out here. And that dude was like, you're hired. He said, in the, in the 30 years that I've worked there, I've never heard somebody say they're willing to die for a job. And I told him, I said, dude, I'm sleeping at somebody's place that ain't my place. I wanted a job that bad. And when you want a job that bad, you say to yourself, I'm willing to work and do jobs that people are not. I've done all kinds of work, construction, you know, all kinds of jobs to provide for myself. And it's very physically demanding. That's probably why I look the way I do. I'm very built because I'm out here forced to do things that I have to do to keep this beautiful apartment over my head. <laughs> this isn't free, right? This place is almost 2,000 square foot and it's not a tiny home, okay, by any means. I looked at a tiny home and I couldn't do it. I could barely <laughs> move in the shower. I'm like, 
how do you live here with two people? That's what I told the lady who rolled one of those out. I said, hello, how do you live there? I'm 6'3". The person I'm living with is the same size. How do we make it in here? Oh, just pull this out. I'm thinking we can't even fit on whatever was supposed to be pulled out. So, yeah, tiny homes aren't for me. Shout out to people who live in those. I can't. I can't live in a space that's 300. What was it? 380. Could y'all do that? Could you live in a house like that? I don't I don't think I could live in a tiny home. I just have too much shit. And, and then also uh, it's just. And I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Like you pull one thing in like the to be a uh, like a kitchen table or something, and then or you sit or a bed. Yeah, or the bed is raised up on the top, and yeah, it's just no way. I wouldn't like it. I couldn't do it. So I just, I just, I'm just like Lord, Hallelujah, bless me with a place. And God said, Boom, He put me in this 2,000 square foot place. I, and I looked around and I started researching. I said, Oh my, my place is larger than some places in New York that they pay. million Mm -hmm. for it, isn't that dumb? Yeah, the real estate prices in California and New York are just stupid, I think. Yeah, and I like New York. It's just I'm touching a house next to me. When I went to Seattle, you could literally touch the house next to you. And I said, dude, what is this called? He said, oh, these are row homes. I don't like them. You know what I mean? So I don't want to live in structures where I can touch the person next door, but I'm paying eight eight hundred thousand dollars to stay mm-hmm. here the place that they looked at was eight hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars in seattle and not happening so i just i thank god every day man that god continues to get me up off the streets put me and shape me like maury clay maury clay is easy to shape and god has done that in my life and has has taken me and put me in beautiful places and i continue to use my disability and voice to tell people that I can overcome anything that I put my mind to and continue to stay positive, especially as a woman, because a lot of times we are told that we shouldn't do this or do certain things. Why? I have no idea. I have no idea sometimes why why some men, not all, some men tell women we shouldn't play football or do dangerous things. Where does that come from or why why are men, some men protective of women that they have no idea? You don't even know me. I told a dude, why can't I play football? Why can't I sign up and play? You're a girl. I said, but what is the other reason? I don't know. I said, then that's bad because all you're telling me is that I'm a girl, but you don't know why I can't play out here. Are you so, talking about playing against other men or playing against women? Man, I played against win. I played against dudes too. <laughs> I played against dudes and women. I played basketball against men when I played in the YMCA basketball league. I'm six three and can run like a gazelle. Yeah. And when I nice. tried to play basketball with women, they didn't want me playing because I was whew, I too was good. rough and shoving people. And then when I was in school in 2004, I could dunk. Boom. You understand? They were like. You can't play. I'm like, what What do you mean I can't play? Well, the one girl who was under the basket, when I went to dunk the ball, the ball hit her in the face. So I'm thinking, okay, all right, all right, all right. This ain't for me. I told the coach, I said, look, man, the women don't want me down here playing. You know what I'm saying? Cheerleading ain't for me because I'm 6'3", and I ain't, my grandmother wasn't going to have me wearing them kind of clothes. I said, what is a sport that I can play that I don't have to – I can still hit but, you know, and football coach said, hey, you know what? We have a powerlifting class. So I went to powerlifting. I got out of women's football and went down to powerlifting. And that was the football coach 
who who essentially told me that uh that uh I had what it took physically to to do that. Here me here I am, a little old skinny girl walking there, and I deadlifted two hundred and fifty pounds Damn. six times. One, two, three, four, five, six on a deadlift. Do I weigh two hundred and fifty pounds? Absolutely not. That dude was like, what? You know what I mean? So when you know you can pick up something that weighs more than you do, coach said you got something. And I and I and I got out there and I wanted to play football, you know, because I didn't have to worry about, oh my God, you're hitting too hard, or oh, don't do that. And a lot of women did not, they did not like when I said a pick, it was like they they because I would set it like football. My coach told me, cross your arms like this and set your pick. Bam. And I would knock women on the floor. They didn't like it. You know what I'm saying? And some women, they, they, they would get upset. I'm thinking, I said, man, I told the coach, I said, because, you know, here, up here, women, you know, you, I hit a woman square in the chest and she was on the floor and didn't get up. I said, okay. I said, you know what, coach, I got to find something else to do because them women on the other team went to their coach and said, hey, we don't want to play with that. They they called me a that, okay, because I'm a woman, but they were like, forget that. So I always was called that in school. Wasn't called, you know what I'm saying, people goofing around. But when you're 6'3", where do you go? And the football field taught me a lot, dude. It taught me how to take care of myself. It taught me how to taught me how to have hands. Football coach, he was in, in the military you know what I'm saying? And he taught me stuff that I'll never forget to this day. Football is the best sport of attrition that I have ever played. I've also played with women in the Arlington Impact Women's Professional League. They have women's professional football. But the thing about that is you do not make money. You do not get paid by the actual league. Now, you can get sponsorships or endorsements, but you do not make money. You have to pay to play. And this is why I said that men's sports it's a thousand times better than women's sports because when I played football, all of my equipment, shoes, anything I needed, the coach said, write it down on this paper. You'll pay for it. You don't have to do fundraisers here. I'm like, shoot, let me be a man. Let me do this, man. I started writing stuff down, and then they brought our equipment back in. I'm thinking, dang, man, this is what the dudes get, facilities. They's like, nah, you can come down here and work out with us. I'm thinking, Boom, they cut the lights on in this weight room. I was like, dang, man, this is what it's like to be a dude. They got every dang on thing in there for dudes. And I'm thinking, hallelujah. God gave me the physical ability to work out down here with these dudes. And I was lifting 50-pound dumbbells in each hand like this on a on a deal. And, and the dude said, 50 pounds, what the? And I'm lifting to this day. I can still do 50-pound dumbbells. And what that does for me is it it helps with pushing off on a dude. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, I said, gosh, I said, I'm good at this exercise. And the dude said, but you're a girl lifting this stuff. Do you realize what you're doing? I said, no, not really. I said, I just pick it up and, and, and lift. And the dude said, lift and you lift. And he said, no, you you have remarkable power and strength to be a person with a disability. I did all this stuff, dude, and I'm blind in one eye. And I was told I would never lift weights. I would never do anything. But God said, I'm going to take your talents and I'm going to to shape you physically. And God just said, boom, boom. And God took my disability and I'm able to and I play basketball with regular people. I put to this day. I play sports up at the YMCA with grown men. These dudes aren't disabled. These dudes, (laughs) these are men. These are grown men that I play with. And these men 
taught me more than, than, than what most women could ever teach me. Most women are not telling me how to throw a punch from up here or how to men are teaching me how to physically take care of myself. Cause I wanted to learn because uh, this is Dallas for work. You on the streets, you're those things came in handy when I was homeless out here in the streets. And y'all, what's your thoughts on that and how I made it through that? What's your thoughts and your opinion about my life and how I made it, you know, being homeless? It's it's definitely remarkable how you went from being homeless to, you know, getting all these medals and stuff through the Special Olympics. And I mean, I don't know, it takes a very strong willed person to beat homelessness. <laughs> You ain't lying, bro. Because you, you said in your double. yeah, you said in your mind that I will not be homeless for the rest of my life, and here we are. You got a beautiful home in Texas, absolutely. Man. You know, so you beat you beat the odds of getting getting yourself out of homelessness. Got a seventy five inch TV. I get to actually watch TV and not have to go over someone else's house. Hello, during football games, I had to go over other people's house and watch TV because they always had a better TV or whatever. Now I get to be here at my own house, praise God, and watch football finally on a 75-inch TV in a nice place so that you're not in the hood. I had to get out of the hood even. I said, God, what do I need to do to change my mindset? I stayed on Las Vegas Trail on the other side of Las Vegas Trail in Fort Worth. Look that up. Dangerous area, right? Had to walk through that area every night. I learned and just how dudes carry themselves, especially at night. Dudes carry themselves, you know, strong and uh, stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because you ain't finna run up on no dude at night and they walk, you know what I'm saying? Let's be real. Nobody honks at dudes at night. And they're not finna come up to you talking about, hey, man, you need a ride. So what I can say in my life is the only time I'm aggressive is when aggression is thrown my way. And And I've dealt with a lot of that, too, when I was in the Special Olympics. I dealt with athletes wanting to physically fight me i've I've dealt with a lot of those things but they knew they physically could not fight me and uh, so they would just pick on me (laughs) you know what i mean so at the end of the day so you're telling me that people in the special olympics are picking other people in the special olympics so there's like disabled people picking on disabled people that's right but if we were in because of my skin color yep but if we were in everyday world and we were to pick on somebody disabled, we'd be the bully and they would be mad about that. So why would they want to treat somebody like they don't want to be treated? Well, the one guy I remember, we'll just say his name is Billy for now. Mm-hmm. And he always would pick on me because he would talk about his parents having money and I didn't. Or you would get picked up, picked on for different reasons. It wasn't even just because of your disability. You might be picked on because you're black. You may be picked on because you're a girl. You may be picked on because you don't have family. Or parents, like all of these athletes, not everybody, but a majority of them, their parents take care of them. And I told one athlete, how can you make fun of me because I don't live with my parents? When I tried to tell other athletes to get off from under the auspices of their parents and get on Section 8 housing or other assistance, man, I got scolded by the Special Olympics for telling people to go out here and go make your own money. Because... Section eight, believe it or not, when you rip that little voucher open on the back, you can go own a home. So for all the people who sit there and laugh at folks on Section eight, after one to two years, depending on the state you live in, you can get on a program called Texas. There's a program called Texas Able. There's a program called Texas Home Ownership or Home Ownership of America, that that kind of stuff. 
These are ways for people with disabilities to own a home. Texas just expanded the homestead exemption program. So people like me, I understand the law. And what Special Olympics did not want me to understand or comprehend was the federal and state laws. I would walk around with a constitution folded up in my pocket and the Bill of Rights. Why? Because I wasn't going to let somebody in the Special Olympics tell me that their rules are greater than the sum. What do I mean by that? Your rules are not greater than what the U.S. government has put forth. Your rules are not greater than the Constitution that has been here, period. And I told the Special Olympics, I will not be a slave. I will not do this until it changes. Yes, I'm fighting for reinstatement, but reinstatement under my conditions. And that just means I want to get paid. This is great. Being in this program, it's awesome. But it's not awesome when you're worried about how you're going to eat every day because your parents are deceased. That's not fun. My parents are gone, guys. And so every day it takes courage to say, what am I here for? And God said, you are here to deliver people from programs that plunder them. I'm going to say that one more time. God told me that I am here to deliver people who are plundered for their talents and resources like me. I Look at all these medals I won. Look at all these awards that I won over the decades that I don't benefit from. Damn, it's a lot. This is decades, bro. Like, I have four bags like this, full of medals. Look at all these. Shit. Mainly, mainly gold. Yeah. Mainly gold, and I get nothing. You know, you can't make this stuff up. I didn't just go out and go buy these. I won these. Now, I wonder I why. These. I'm sorry, go ahead. Now, yeah, I, want, go ahead. I, said- I, I wonder why they want y'all to keep amateur status if you're winning, you know, if you're in the Olympics. So they don't have to pay them, probably. It's just like it. But well, but we be, can I, be monetized. And I told the Special Olympics, y'all don't have to pay me. And I told Special Olympics, it's not about you paying me directly. What I asked was to monetize my image, mm. to make money and ask the general public for money. The Special Olympics told me I'm not even allowed to ask the public for money. I told the Special Olympics, so y'all control the general public, too? That dude said yes. That's a lie. Y'all don't own the public. It sounds like it's kind of like what they do with college athletes, or at least before. That's exactly what it is. So maybe maybe the NIL deals can come to Special Olympics and, like, Olympi- like Olympians like yourselves. That's what I'm fighting for. Yeah, that's that the stuff happen. I'm fighting for. Yeah, I am because we have the right NIL. That's what I'm looking for. We should have the right to make money off our images, mm-hmm. just like the colleges don't pay the athletes directly, but they get to make money off their images. For I've never told decades the and decades Olympics. they did. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, I want to make money. I don't want to have to work at a grocery store while CEOs. I was on ESPN. I don't get money from being on that. I don't get money from being on da, 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 NBC5, Swim Swim Magazine. You can Google this stuff. What money have I gotten from being in any magazine, book, or program? The only money that I make is from this book right here called Swimming Upstream to Realize the Dream. This is my actual book. Is this it on is Amazon? Real book on Amazon and available in Walmart. And it has all the lessons on the back. And this is what I wanted to be able to write an actual story and get it published. That's what I wanted. And 
to be able to realize your dream. My dream is to make money. And I talk about that in this book about the rules, about how we are not allowed to make money by using Special Special Olympics imagery, logos. So I can't use any of this stuff to make money, but they can use my face. Watch this on their logos to make millions, but I don't get anything. And, I, and I'm thankful to the person who made this for me so that I can always have something like this to show. No, my name was used to make millions of dollars and I don't get I don't benefit from it. So yeah. I'm going to quit doing it. I'm going to do public speaking, sir, because that company told me we can pay you five hundred dollars an hour. Special Olympics ain't going to pay me anything. Mm. Nothing. They, they don't believe in me getting paid. They said, you're disabled, so you don't have the right to get paid. That's what they told me. Do a lot of people Period. in the Special Olympics have the same sentiment as you? Well, uh, some of them aren't allowed to talk, and their parents, even if they do have a sentiment, their parents work for the program, so they're not allowed to speak out about it. And a lot of the athletes don't even talk to me because their parents, like, that's a conflict of interest. See, my family don't work for the Special Olympics, so I can talk about the Special Olympics in any way, shape or form as long as I'm being truthful. And the truth of this day is they've never paid me. That is what I've always said. And the racial undergirding that I've had to deal with in that program, it's in a police report. I have police reports to back this stuff up. I don't have to sit here and make up stuff. These are in police reports. When Special Olympics called the police on me and told the police that I'm suicidal. I said, even if that's the case, I told the police it's because of their program. The police came out to my home on behalf of Special Olympics. I said, this is illegal. You can't send the police to my home on 3-3-2020, something like that. They sent the police to my home. And I was no longer an athlete in their program in 2019. I have the original letter and recordings of the night I was kicked out the Special Olympics. When I told them in a recording, a woman is picking on me and they told me to shut up. No, don't. In the recording, that's what they're telling me. And in the letter they gave me, they said everything should be in-house. So in other words, I'm not allowed to even talk to the police. So the reason that I'm not in the Special Olympics anymore is because I went to Fort Worth police and I'm not allowed to talk to the police, law enforcement, attorneys, nobody. You're a slave. And they drill it in your head. You're a slave. You're nobody. You're a slave. Why? Because they treat you like that. And I was told that by the CEO, Everett King, Dalton Hill, and Tim Mark. Those men do not like me. They used me with the Dallas Wings to raise money for their program. TCU had me play in a basketball game and, and essentially used me to make money for their program. All this stuff I have videos of. I don't get paid. I got pictures of me standing with the Dallas Wings. Did I get any money? No, I didn't. What money do I get? (laughs) The Dallas Wings make more than me, but I train just as hard as they do. I trained eight-hour days, eight hours a day, and seven days a week. What do I get for doing that? Nothing. I'm not going to be doing Olympic-style workouts, and, and I don't benefit from it. My muscles hurt. I've had surgeries and I've had concussions while being an athlete, sir, in the Special Olympics. Concussions. This stuff is documented. They've never paid for any medical bills related to me being hurt while playing with them. Special Olympics essentially told me they didn't care if I died. And that was recorded on 
a field, me being hit by another player doing a flag football game because the dude got upset because I was I was beating him off the ball. He didn't like it because he couldn't move his feet as quick as me and I could move my feet as quick as him. He was bigger than me and he didn't like it because I said, if you bigger than me, I'm going to I'm going to speed it up. And he didn't like it because I was boom. And I and you will see me in a photograph outrunning dudes. He was upset, and he ended up tackling me in a flag football game because I was whooping his you-know-what. He didn't like it. And it's like, this is on video. I have video of this stuff. So at the end of the day, you can't make this stuff up. My life has never been valued in the Special Olympics. What's y'all's thoughts and your, you know, what you think about my story? And as you Google, what, what have y'all looked up? you know, and Googled about my story. So as far as your story goes, I just think it's a thing of resilience. Okay. Like you've overcome the disability, you've overcome homelessness, you've overcome yeah. the racism. Yeah. The people doubting you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's yeah. most people could learn a lot from your journey because there's a lot of people that are lost and there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that can look up to you and see that there's hope. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, this person did it. Why can't I? And especially somebody of color can look at you and be like, that's an example. Man. You know, it's, there's other options of life. And when you have good Besides, positive role models, they can see that there's another path than just the hopelessness that a lot of people feel. Or selling drugs or doing bad things with their lives. And that's the reason of having a book like this to tell people you can write a book, too. You can do these things. And swim upstream to realize your dreams and that's my hope today it's not about just bashing the special olympics and there's this disclaimer this is what i say with my disclaimer everything i have said here today is honest and true about my story this story does not reflect on the staff or people who work for a sponsor or uh comprehend or understand the special olympic this is my story and my experiences only we have the right in the united states to express our experiences across America with the freedom and what the Constitution gives us in this disclaimer. Thank you for your understanding and the general public to understand rights are important. And that's what I stand on, the right and freedom to express myself under the Constitution and documents that are written for America. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, you're right. And so, you know, in this life, we also have to make sure that we're not plugged in for a cheap rate. And that's how I felt in my life. On that caveat, I felt that, uh, my gosh, I didn't want to be uh, cheapened or my talents or the work that I put in. You know, Waxahachie High School, south of Dallas was a place also as well that I went on to compete in the UIL competitions. I actually won medals and stuff UIL. I didn't go to state competition because out here in Texas, you know, you got to have resources and stuff for that and travel and all that. I, You know, I just didn't have uh, that. Uh, I didn't go to state in high school. but I did very well. I went to districts and area and that kind of stuff. So I think I did great as a person of color, not having the same resources as other people to be able to achieve my dreams as a swimmer. And I think the the and I said in the yearbook, most likely to make the Olympics. Someone posted that in the yearbook, but I made the wrong Olympics. I ended up making the Special Olympics, which it's fine. But when I look back on my life, someone asked me, would you ever do it again? No, I would I would never want to do the Special Olympics ever, especially the way that it's currently constructed. Now, if it's constructed differently, right, because I said, but if it's constructed differently 
and I am able to benefit financially, then you betcha. You bet. But that's why I have an LLC and things like that. So those things are important. Why mm-hmm. having an LLC? Because you're not allowed to have LLCs or businesses in the Special Olympics. Now I can work as a contractor with businesses and companies. So absolutely. This is important because now I'm being what they call an adult. An adult, uh, you know, let's do it. So they just want they so they just want pretty much the people that run the Special Olympics, if I'm getting this right, they just want the Special Olympic athlete to live under their parents' thumb, which is controlled by the Special Olympics board. Yeah. Because most the, of those the, kids aren't gonna talk talk out or they're just gonna listen to their parents because their parents are funding all the money, right? Right. Exactly. Or they're forced to use their Social Security checks like I did when I was in the Special Olympics. When my grandmother died, my grandmother was paying for food and and all kinds of stuff and gave me cash money in my hand. Hmm. And, and after my grandmother died, why am I having to use my, you know, my disability check or my income from a job to pay to be an athlete? Special Olympics is a fake. It's pay to play. You have to pay to be a part of it or your parents pay. It's it's a joke. It's it's like the Bernie Madoff for retarded people. And I'm sorry to say that, but when I do the math, that's what it is. When you're making $92 million and the math doesn't drop off even during the pandemic, they're using these people. They had these athletes working out at their home to raise money, had people jumping in cold water for a polar bear clinic. I'm not getting paid to do that. No. For what? I'm not getting paid to do all these activities for y'all to raise money. Goodbye. I'm done playing basketball. And, oh, this is what the special. Then they send us out to TCU like we stupid and go play a basketball game during halftime for entertainment like we idiots. So what's the the worst? So what's the next move for you? My next move in my life, brother, is to stack this paper, get my public speaking together, get on that plane to New York, because that that company is just right on uh, the comedy. I believe he said it's a comedy company. He deals with uh, comedy writers and people like that and speakers. And I've just been really happy PBR speakers. We redid my link on that website. So it looks really, really nice. It looks really good. And I just know that my next step is also promoting my book. When I tell my story, swimming upstream to realize the dream. I've always been able to do that. And I also shout out to the pool and spa association. They also sponsored this poster and sponsored me. And I'm, and I'm forever grateful for it. I'm forever grateful because having these steps and getting involved, not only with what I'm doing, but Opal Lee and others. Are y'all familiar with Opal Lee? She made Juneteenth a federal holiday. And being able to collaborate with somebody like that is going to be absolutely awesome as time goes on. Yeah. So what what advice would you have for somebody that's disabled and they just feel like everybody's picking on them and they they don't know what to do next? You know, for people that, especially that are in school, I remember someone told me, once you graduate school, all of this stuff goes away. Society, you know, is different from the Special Olympics. And I learned that when you work and you're an integral part of society, society is more likely to accept you than the actual Special Olympics. When you can overcome all the obstacles in your life that you are told that you would never overcome, then you're getting somewhere. And when those obstacles 
stand in your way. You don't let them. And that's what I've been able to do. And my faith has been a part of that, whether people believe in the good Lord or other uh, you know, other faiths or whatever, that's fine. The Constitution gives you this right under the Constitution to worship or not worship this disclaimer. So what I just say in my life is that it's important to tell people to stand up for what you believe in, no matter the cost, because on the other side, your story will be told just like mine. When I stood up against the Special Olympics for what I believe and filing the paperwork, Chapter 7, I sleep better at night because I know that I can go back on documents and say, this is what I've overcome. And the way you do that is keeping the faith. And I did like, seriously, you have to keep the faith and you have to say, I will, I shall overcome. And that's me. And I say that every day to myself, I will, I shall, I'll do. And I, the word do is important because a lot of times people talk about mindset. Mindset is great. That's fine. That's a new age term. I grew up in the country. Mindset is fine. But I don't like the word mindset. What I like, the word implementation. Why? Because the word implementation makes you do something. That means you have to be able to Mm -hmm. produce the product versus I have a mindset, but I ain't producing anything. Society calls all of us to be a producer. I don't care if it's a talent, radio personalities like you guys, or regular jobs. You have to be able to be a giver in society and not just a taker. In other words, overcoming things like welfare and housing and all of these things, you're you're a taker from society and you're not giving. Is that bad to be on housing or Section 8? No. But in my life, I don't, you don't want to be on that stuff forever. And you overcome all of those things, too, to tell the audience to say, I am going to make something of myself. I am going to have an LLC. I've been out of Special Olympics since 2019. So that's a long time. So now I can move on with my life. And the pandemic actually was a blessing for me because, you know, I could say to myself, I'm going to redo everything. And those two years gave me a chance to start heavily researching the Special Olympics, you know, and getting people involved like attorneys and others, because it's not okay. The day is coming where my story is going to be told in a court. And folks, if your story is that type of story that can be told in a courtroom. That's all that matters, that your story can be told in front of a, a judge, a bankruptcy judge, whatever the case may be. And if your story is valid, all you need is validation from that judge. And I got my validation in my life. I got my validation from the Lord Jesus Christ. And I got my validation on paper. God is good every day, guys, because These are things that we are all called to do is having the advice. My grandmother taught me this. God gives you talents, but you must put forth the effort to deliver the talents that God gave you. And when you deliver on those talents that God gave you, that very talent could be your way out. And if that very talent is your way out, then you work hard to shape it, mold it and make sure that your talent is proficient, efficient. And these things can help you overcome pretty much anything especially the word efficiency, when you are efficient at everything that you do, then you are more than likely to be hired or paid in the work that you do. When you can show that you are an expert in the area, such as me with public speaking and swimming, these are things I can sell to the masses. My advice is come up with something you can sell. And what I can sell to the masses is I am a swimmer. I can teach you how to swim and I can teach different ages. Why? Because that's a talent that I can now sell to teach people and mm-hmm. public speaking. So if you want to learn how to swim, certainly contact me 
and we'll get you rolling. And I'm really, really <clears throat> excited. And uh, even, you know, private lessons, you know, like I told one lady, you have a house, you pay for my transportation. Yeah, I'll come on out there and uh, teach you how to swim. Absolutely. So these are all options and ways to bridge the gap, even if you don't have a car. People will pay you to get to where you need to go. So God will put people in your life and you'll continue to shape everything that you have. And I want you folks to contact me also at social on social media under Golden Ashton underscore on Instagram, TikTok. You can also find me there and on Facebook also golden ashton so trying to stick with that theme and on youtube so if even if you type in my name ashton smith you'll you'll start to see my Mm -hmm. title at the top so you will know if you're on the right page you'll see (laughs) swimming upstream to realize the dream on all of the pages where it will actually let me do that i don't think on tiktok it has a way to do that but you will see me on there i am grateful guys I am glad to be here. Folks that have cash after me, I, I appreciate that too as well. Some folks did, and uh, I'm grateful for that because any money goes a long way in my life since the loss of my my, my parents, my, my mother. My dad has never been a part of my life. I was told he died. My dad didn't want a person like me. My dad told my mother he didn't want a child with a disability, so I was essentially a throwaway wow. that I was... Mm. So, yeah, it's the worst experience ever. And including my uncle, my uncle doesn't want to have nothing really to do with me. You know, he doesn't want to be around people with disabilities. He doesn't, you know, and I told my uncle, you got it. I will never talk to you again. And that goes for anybody that has told me to stay away from them. Like when I was talking to somebody in my family, a family chat. okay, you got it. I will permanently not call you. If somebody dies, don't contact me. Why? Because I am a kind of person. My mother's not here. My grandmother's not here. The only person I care about at this time is my siblings. And that's my sister and my brother. Everything else, everybody else, I don't care about because they're not my siblings. And they, you know, and they do nothing to shape my life financially. So when you find people that actually want to help you like an Opal Lee, like a Broadway Baptist church, amen, lean on me. That's what God calls us to do, to find somebody to lean on. And there's nothing wrong, folks. Advice here, asking for help, whether you're a man or a woman, but statistics show that men, for whatever reason, are less likely to ask for help. Why? I have no idea. Whereas women, for some reason, if we're lost, we're more likely to ask for help. So if you're lost in this life, whether you're a man or a woman, pick up the word help and there is nothing wrong with it. So in this life, God gives us grace. God gives us glory. And I know for me, prayer has been a part of my life. Is that fine with y'all that I conclude with a closing prayer or a prayer that has always been a big part of my life? And that's where actually I got a lot of my public speaking from, guys, was actually from the church. People sleep on churches, but churches actually have really good speakers that know how to conduct themselves, that you know can tell you about lighting, all kinds of stuff. So Yeah, don't sleep on churches. What's y'all's thoughts about what you've heard today and how my story can also, you know, be told on other podcasts or things that you guys are connected with? I think your story needs to be heard. I think that a lot of people, like I said earlier, will benefit from your journey. But yeah, can you give us your your closing prayer? Yeah, that's that's the first, by the way. I'm excited. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I like prayers and things like that. And I always say a disclaimer before a prayer, even if you do not worship, believe in or comprehend the God that I worship. Again, the Constitution of America gives you the right to not worship 
or not pray. But for those who choose to pray in this disclaimer, you have the right to do this also. And I come to God each time. Heavenly Father, I am grateful at this time for what you have abound upon my life. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for these men here on this show to allow me to express and hewn my story together so that the public and general public may understand. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving me clear speech, clear hope, and being concise. Heavenly Father, I know that you can do all of these things with the word help, the word employ, and the word give. Heavenly Father, that we may all be a giver and not be a taker in this life. May we uplift those who may feel that they are down. May we give people hope that may need to find the light. May we bring those out of the darkness to come to the light, Heavenly Father, because we know that you are great and we know that you are uplifted. We know, Heavenly Father, that we also pray for those in Jerusalem, those who are dealing with issues and wars across the globe. Heavenly Father, we ask that you bring peace in the world because only God can do these things. And we know that his life is valuable on this Sunday and we come to you. Heavenly Father, may you end all wars, though Revelations talks about this, rumors of wars. Heavenly Father, do these things and we know you are great. Heavenly Father, also help those financially who may struggle. Uplift those and give them the light to see that it is great and there is hope. Heavenly Father, we call on you under the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost because you are the one who gives us the light, the hope, and even the things you create from the sea to the sky. Heavenly Father, you created everything that I see and everything that I'm grateful for, even with one eye. Heavenly Father, you created me to be me. And we call that each man and woman may be an individual for him or herself. And this is what God calls us to do, not be of the world, not live like the world, but be ourselves. And may we do these things to bring strength to those who feel different. And may we bring people who are different into our storehouse so that we may be lifted up on this Sunday. May God keep us right, keep us uplifted under the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. In his name I pray, amen. We can do all of these things today. Temperatures are beautiful outside right now in Dallas-Fort Worth. Temperatures right now, 65 degrees Dallas-Fort Worth, wind out of the north, feeling good off the Gulf of Mexico, low humidity, feeling good this afternoon. So if you do have plans to get out in Dallas-Fort Worth, Weather's looking good. Sky is bright. No clouds today. Slight cloudiness later on this evening. So get on out here and enjoy yourselves. We'll have drinks and food out here today on Ray Street. So come on down and enjoy yourselves. God is good every day. I hope you like that prayer. Amen. I, like that. I really like that. Heck yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Man. I love that. Here we go. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Awesome. You like that, huh? Yeah. I do, too. And I think it's different because it adds to something. It adds calmness because there's so many shows. I was on an app called Clubhouse and I was like, dude, why are you yelling? We're on an app. And this dude was like he was so serious. And I said, dude, are you OK? I said, because the things that get to people in society, a lot of times you can't control. This is good advice. My grandmother said, don't let things get to you so tough and so hard that you feel like you have to get involved in certain things. It's okay to talk about it like Jerusalem and these things, but we're not going to jump on a plane and go over there, are we? No. So these are the common sense practices that my grandmother told me to stay calm. Think about the things that you can control and the advice that people give you in your life to uplift your life and shape yourself. And if we can think about those small, minute details that we can control, 
then our lives are much better and we see hope on the horizon. And that's what I see every day because God wakes me up each day. And the day that God calls each person home, we know that we are all here before that. We are here for a reason. And if God puts you here for a reason and calls your name, you make sure that your name is in the book of life and the book of hope here in the world itself. There is a book of hope. And that's what I call it, because every single person that is born wants to have hope and they want to live and avoid poverty and these types of things. So if we can help society do that, whether you're Democrat, Republican or indifferent, doesn't matter. We all have to find issues that affect everybody on both sides of the aisle. And if we can do this as Americans, we'll be better off in this way. And if we don't learn to work with each other, America and other countries could find demise within its own countries. These are things that I think about as well. And we should be important and uplifting and not tearing people down because of their skin color, zip code or where they come from. This is advice that Lee and others gave me because these are things that shape America today. And these are things that I bring hope to that do not let your zip code and skin color or the fact that you're a woman or a man define what society tells you you should or should not be. This is advice, and this is important. Hope this day was good to you, and I hope my advice is great, and I hope you can use it and be like me. Go achieve your dreams and realize them every day. Let's end it on that. What do you think? Boom. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it for real. That was really good. Dang. Really? Thank you. Thank you. That was was well-spoken. You're right. 25 years of experience, man, public speaking. You <laughs> yeah, know, you're you going to have a great career off. in public speaking. You think I will? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Tell me what you think. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. You yeah. think so? It's yeah. just, Share this link You're out. You're just you, you're just so emotionally connected to what you're speaking about, you know? So okay. like, it's it's there for sure. You're definitely authentic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm real. None of this is, I'm not reading a piece of paper. Yeah. I don't read papers. When I go on stage, I told one guy, I said, look, I may not be as smart as you. I'm not. What did he say? He had a like Harvard education. I said, look, brother, when I get up here, I'm going to do a better job than you with a Harvard education. When I got up there, I was like, pow, hallelujah. He can't sing, bro. He can't sing. So can't do what I can do. I can't do what you can. But when that speech was over, that dude shook my hand. Why? Because everything that's authentic and you then that is what gets you paid. When you try to emulate other people, then that is not you. And that is difficult to get paid when you're trying to emulate other people. That's that's what my grandmother told me. Be yourself, be authentic, and stop reading from a paper. That's the advice my grandmother gave me. (laughs) Well, that's why a lot of people that are fake get exposed because they can't hold that facade forever. Mm. So if you're trying to be something you're not, then people are eventually going to see a chink in that armor. They're like, wait a second. That's not who you really are. Sure that. So no, you go to my Facebook page. Y'all will see, man, I've got some beautiful photos coming out from girls. Inc. I also do photography with a cell phone. If you saw my pictures online, you'd be like, dang, I took pictures (laughs) of a cup and you can see the cup look like metal and everything. That dude said, what you, what? (laughs) I have a $3,000 camera and my pictures don't look nothing like yours. $3,000 $3,000 camera and my pictures on a cell phone look better than yours. Wow. They look great. God is good every day, and I'm glad that I was able to come to your show. When will you release this, or when does this, I guess, air or come out? Because I know you'll be doing some editing, right? Uh, not really. I try I, not to make too many mistakes so you wouldn't no, have to do No, 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 you're good. Editing. You're good. I can probably put this one out next week. 
That'll be perfect. Yeah, like next that Friday. Is, yeah, I'll send you the links and all that stuff when he does upload it. Yeah. How'd you find and us in you the first any, place? You know what? I was I was clicking on, I think, Clubhouse and one of these apps, and then I started Googling uh, different podcasts. I found you guys on LinkedIn, by the way, because I was searching podcasts yeah. and things I could get on. This came there was the uh, We Speak Radio or whatever that came up. And so I just started contacting people. Hey, I want to be on your show. And I was on a woman's show that is familiar with Les Brown. She oh, had, okay. she had I believe, him on, on her show. So, yeah, it's, it's about connecting with the right people. And I believe that when I saw what you guys did, I said, yeah, these are the right people where they will openly allow you to express yourself. And what I do with a lot of shows is I also clean it up with the language and stuff. I was watching a podcast to do was cursing. I was like, oh, whoop, can't do that. Because we're talking about expressing yourself without language yeah. and cursing because you're trying to disseminate your story to the masses. So when I first started out, a little language and things, and then I had to clean all that up. And as you can tell, Pow, I did I did a wonderful job because I said if this stuff is ever released over SCC Airways, it can't have cursing in it. Mm. So say if y'all wanted to say, hey, we would like for you to come on KRLD 98.3, right? Whatever. I could come on that station with clean stuff like this. And that's why mm. I try to keep it clean because you never know what the host could do. You never know. You guys could say, hey. I would like for this to be heard at my local radio station in my area. Well, they're not going to put it on in their area if there's a bunch of language and cursing. So yeah. that's why I do it. That's, Does that make sense? Yeah, you're forward thinking. That's that's why. That forward thinking every day, all day. And you have to be when you're homeless. So I told one dude, he was like, where do you get that ability to, to forwardly think for yourself? That's what he called it. I said, I got it from being home. Yeah. Because you may have to have a backpack all times. And I... To this day, I have a backpack, I'm serious, hanging on a wall. Why? I don't know. I'm just used to it. But I said, if something happens, I can grab that backpack, put my stuff in there and my passport, and I'm gone. Yeah. That's the key. And that's why it's just the mentality of what I've had to go through. Like, I've been in a building when the building caught on fire, and people used to laugh at me because I would sleep in, like, or I would have clothes folded up on the end of the bed. Right. So when the building caught on fire, I was like, whoop, 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 close. Then they were like, OK, that worked. Now we ain't laughing at Ash no more because those clothes that were folded up on the end of that bed, jacket and coat hanging up on the end of my bed. I was able to go out in the elements in a coat while everybody else was. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? You got to be forwardly thinking or else you're going to get caught in the fire of life. And for me. That analogy, I don't want to be caught in the fire of life. Does that make sense? It yes, does, one hundred percent. All right, Ashton. That's a good analogy, man. You know what I'm saying? So people may laugh at me, but bro, they ain't gonna laugh at you when the building <laughs> on fire and your process works. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yeah. Enjoy your Sunday. Hey, you too. Thank and I'm you. So excited, y'all. Enjoy your Sunday. Be blessed. And come on down and enjoy. Well, no, are y'all in Texas? Are you in? Tennessee, are you Memphis, in Memphis. Dang, bro. Because I was going to say, if y'all could come down here to this party, they fist to turn up down here. Bro, <laughs> bro they finna, they have a hot tub and everything, bro. It's it's people, people were swimming out there. Oh, swimming. Wow. This is what is this? December? No, this is October. Uh, coming up on November, October, November in 
people are swimming, bro. Still swimming. That's wild. That's how hot it is there. Jeez. Swimming. That's crazy. (laughs) Be be blessed. Be safe. I mean, it's still in the 60s, but you can still go swimming because they heat the water. The pools Mm. are all heated here. So you can swim and you can see the the heat raising up off the water. But yeah, I mean, if you got millions of dollars and, and the money to heat the facilities, you can swim in any kind of elements. And I did, I swim in an outdoor pool at the YMCA, but they also had the money to heat that sucker. Cause if they didn't heat that pool, I was actually swimming in a wetsuit the day that the heater failed. I was like, Oh my God. And I had that wetsuit on. And if I didn't do it, I don't know if I could have made it that day. What was that? What's the average temperature of a pool? The probably about what? 65, maybe you can Google it. I think depending on where you're at, because sometimes it's based on region too. Right. So some of those, you know what I'm saying? If you're in Texas, obviously in the dead of summer, they're not going to heat a pool. So a lot of times that water temperature is picked up by the ambient or air temperature outside. So even if it's 112 degrees, your water may be, you know, maybe, you know, 90 or yeah. something like that, because water has what they call a cooling variance, meaning that water, the temperature on that water cools different than land temperature. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit different in the water. Did you know that? Is that why they kind of like it zaps you more, right? When you're in the pool? They absolutely. Yeah, it does. And it takes a lot of energy because water is also weight. You're moving through it. So, yeah, it, the temperature of water can change. And that's why hurricanes, when they bubble into that hot water, they they gain speed until they're torn apart by what they call wind shear underneath tears apart a hurricane. Right. And so that's the reason that if you want colder water, that that water can stop a hurricane from producing because hurricanes need hot heat they need that that hot water to produce and this is why people believe that the government should do something about the weather i said and ain't no way the government's gonna drop ice cubes in an ocean guys (laughs) to change the ambient water temperature to stop a hurricane could that concept work in a lab yeah it works in a lab but a lab but that doesn't work in real life. And then there would be and ripple effects work. of doing something like that. Something kill is a gonna, fish. It's going to throw something else off. Oh, it's going to kill. Oh, my gosh. You have reefs. You have. I told a dude, I said the experiment was done in a container, not <laughs> with reef or coral. And mm-hmm. if you boom, change the water like that, it could kill everything within thousands of square miles. So yeah. it's not. It's not something that I would tell people to start messing with. And when folks out here messing with this weather, especially the water, that's going to cost you your life. And it has. It has caused insurance claims to essentially bubble up because a lot of these coastal areas, I don't know how we, but they're not being insured a lot of the times. And if they are like Louisiana and the coastal areas, you're having to pay higher premiums or higher insurance because it's going to cost you more money to build near water. It's beautiful, but I have no desire to live near water and I swim. So what does that tell you? I ain't paying that high insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so, God bless y'all, man. I'm smart and I know a lot, a lot of that stuff about the water. You just have to be careful. You just have to pay attention. If you're messing with water, if you're out on a boat today, be careful. No drinking behind the boat's wheels and just make sure that you have a life jacket on. If you are going to jump in the lakes today to go swimming, please wear a life jacket and don't jump in the lakes head first. Just be careful and go on out there and do some fly fishing and have a good time today. We're going to have a good time today as well. You'll be blessed and enjoy this nice weather. Y'all be blessed. Thank you. Have a good day.
Bye. Thank you. Y'all be blessed. Y'all Bye. too. Y'all are a blessing. All this <laughs> Thank is great. You.